Hi, my name is Darnell Whitaker, and my definition of relentless is showing up in everything you do at your 100% best, uh, being there no matter what, uh, and giving it your all. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Relentless Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Dubay, and we are sitting in the brand new Rogue 55 studio for this recording. I was the last recording in the old studio. I'm the first recording in the new studio. Good to be here. This is unbelievable. If you haven't checked out Road 55, by all means do so. Rob Walsh and his crew are incredible, and they can set you up with some very, very cool things as far as uh, media and marketing goes. I am here today with uh, a a, a very cool guy, a guy that I've known for four or five years, Mr. Darnell Whitaker, who works for You Can Use Services. He is wearing a relentless crew neck, which I love. We're really advertising our merch. Darnell, it's good to have you here. Welcome, bud. Awesome. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah. Uh, Darnell, uh, you and I have talked a little bit about you coming on here and, and you know, we did a little pre-pod interview where uh, I don't know if you even knew that you were being pre-pod interviewed and then I asked if you wanted to be on the pod. <laughs> but um, it was funny because you were answering the questions like it was a job interview. Yeah. Uh, and so then when I was like, well, do you want to be on the podcast? And you're like, that's so nice. Yeah. I said, but you just can't answer questions. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it is good to have you here. Darnell is a what I call a relentless facilitator within our employment programs, which we're going to get into a little bit later, talk all about that. The reason we are bringing some folks on from UCAN uh, in the next couple of seasons is I really want people to understand the work that we do uh, at this agency that we work for. And... More particular about the young people that we work with, and and I like to say that we serve because mm. I actually think we do. All that being said, Darnell, let's get into your life. Let's get into the just the absolute craziness of your upbringing. In the the, I that's a lie. I I don't think it was too bad. No, it was pretty good. But, yeah. Okay. So, it was pretty good. so so Darnell, where are you from? What's 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 your deal, man? Um, so born and raised in Edmonton, uh, lived here my whole life. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. My parents did a really good job. Uh, obviously growing up, you know, you always think your parents are the worst and you just hate on them so much. But, uh, uh, after getting into the field and looking back, they did such an amazing job with me. So yeah, shout out to my parents. (laughs) Good. Well, you're lucky. You're lucky to have that, right? Yeah. Um, where'd you go to high school? Uh, FX, uh, St. Francis Xavier played baseball. You were a baseball guy. Yes, you and I, I did talk about this. Just so everyone knows, uh, when we do our, our You Can Use Services comedy nights, which by the way is coming up in March of 2024, please go to youcancomedy.ca for all the information. Darnell, uh, there was a few years where we dr- literally drive around and drop off tickets and Darnell hops in with me. Um, to be very honest, I'm a smoker, and so I hack darts. Uh, you would you would hack down the old uh, vape, yeah. and we would we would drive all over the city, like literally everywhere, and just stop at four different Tim Hortons throughout the day, and and uh, you'd run out, drop tickets off, come back in, especially the downtown ones. Oh yeah. So we spent a bunch of time together doing that, and and got to know each other. Well, you talked all about your baseball. You love baseball. I do. I love it a lot. Uh, played it. Yeah. Growing up, my dad uh, was lucky enough to be the coach as I was playing, so it was always yeah. good to have that time and uh, spend time together and that sort of thing. Which is very cool. You come out yeah. of high school, uh, baseball. You didn't become a professional baseball player. No, I did not. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't become a professional hockey player. Either. Yeah, that's how it is sometimes. And at, at, there was a couple of years where I think I was probably top 
three or four best house league players in okay. hockey. Yeah, like I don't want to in St. Albert. Like I don't want to. I don't want to brag. Yeah, yeah. Right, but it's like I was pretty good for a house league player. Um, you come out of high school, and what what, what was your thoughts? Like, what did you want to do? What did you want to do with your career? Um, so I think by the age of 14, I have it written actually in a journal entry, uh, that I wanted to help youth, uh, who maybe didn't have what they were looking for or needed some support and just needed some love. Um, so yeah, I, when you were 14, you wrote that. Yeah. I really? have it written in a journal. I still have the journal too. I reference really? it every once in a while for some motivation and, uh, yeah, it was actually really cool. And yeah, I just wanted people to have a place where they could be supported and chase their dreams. Why though? Where did that come at 14 years old? Uh, probably my parents. They were always helping people. Uh, hmm. I can remember lots of times throughout the years, uh, whether it was like at church or something or just like random people in the neighborhood. Um, I can remember growing up at my grandma's house, every event like Christmas, Thanksgiving, there was always just like random people there. Cause she was like, yeah, just come on in and spend time with her family and your family now so just inviting some of the people that maybe didn't have that connection yeah so it's just yeah it's definitely a learned behavior for my family yeah yeah what'd your folks do uh so my dad uh, was an installer so he installed car audio and security systems in cars had his own business for a while okay uh and my mom uh worked uh in just care so did like end of life care with some people Mm. now she's working in schools uh helping kids with disability wow um so yeah just come from a very helping family yeah yeah it sounds like your mom especially was just like very very giving and and people centric yeah very much so and and so you had this at a young age you were watching this yeah it was it was uh um you know a big part of your your family life at 14 you say well i want to help people and then when you turn did you go right because you went to where you went to McEwen university yeah yeah so i took a couple years off uh just to work get my mind a bit more straight sure um figure out if that's what i actually wanted to do in all my steps and then uh yeah did some maturing and some growing up a little bit sure, and sure. then uh yeah gap, gap years are great i love them I oh, think yeah. they're great um i know that my boys like then they said they were doing it we just encouraged it hugely yeah yeah make a little money yeah live a little life yeah yeah you can have some experiences then know? he got into McEwen, taking what uh child and youth care so i have my degree in child and youth care okay four-year yep. program yep what type of stuff are you taking in child and this is for listeners who don't maybe understand what child and youth care degree is like what, the, what are the type of things you're taking in that um so we took a couple uh substance use courses uh, about like addictions and stuff like that we took a couple um like psychology courses mm-hmm. and mental health stuff uh, a couple on like activities and how to run proper activities and stuff like that a lot of like self-reflection figuring out who you are where you come from and why you are the way you are mm-hmm. um to better understand yourself to then be able to help the other people uh, that you're going to be interacting with. Mm. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of work within that program in regards to making sure that uh, y- that you are are uh, how how, did, how would I say it? like a like a healthy human. Yeah. Yeah, making sure you know and self-care self-care was huge making sure you take care of yourself because if you can't, you know, help yourself, how are you going to help the other people around you kind of thing? Yeah. If you're not your healthiest then you know, it's hard to help other people be healthy as well. It's a big thing in our field, right? Like if, you, yeah. if you're not healthy, how, if, you, if you can't help yourself, how do you help others? Exactly, yeah. So Because right. then you're passing on your stuff and putting your stuff on the youth and that sort of thing. So you right. want to make sure that you're doing well for yourself. And you've probably worked with people. I know I have, and this is not a slag on them. There's a lot of people that have been through a lot of things in their lives who then want to enter into the people-helping field, if you will. Doesn't matter if it's youth, adults, whatever that is. And they're really there's kind of this belief system that they can help themselves by helping others, mm, yes. which is probably not the best route to go. Yeah. You know, 
probably listen we all got shit to deal with doesn't matter who you are um but i think if you're going into it for that reason like that's a little sketchy yeah definitely a little sketchy yeah um you come out of McEwen. what was what was the first jobs you had uh so first jobs i had was in the group homes actually mm-hmm. uh it was quite the experience i did a lot of learning in the group homes the trenches yes very much so um and it was good i worked for a lot of different agencies uh, a lot of different youth came through uh and honestly a lot of beautiful moments uh, i can remember helping kids like learning to ride their bikes and like mm-hmm. giving them that like, so you're working with younger kids yeah so oh, i worked okay. with an, an array of kids so uh, anywhere from like i think the youngest was like five or six all the way to uh, 18 yeah yeah a wide array of, of young people yeah i call it the trenches because i i love when people come in when we hire people and not all of our staff have this but we hire people and they have that uh that group the home group experience home. uh most people this i mean and i want you to talk a bit about it most people when they're working in group homes it's pretty chaotic at times very much and like so. it really can build some good character for youth workers right uh obviously we're never going to drop a name or an organization's name but like you got any you got any wild stories coming out of group homes i could seriously sit here for three hours <laughs> from my group home days back in the day but uh there's some pretty crazy stuff probably oh yeah i can remember um you know you take a bunch of kids who are high risk who've all got different things going on and you throw them all in a house together and you're like well good luck guys yeah <laughs> hopefully you know everyone survives at the end of the shift and you know you got different people going through and then you have like your relief staff who show up and mm. they don't really know the kids and so the kids don't respect them because there's no relationship and then it's mm. just absolute chaos mm-hmm. i can remember lots of uh <laughs> the hospital trips and stuff mm. with kids and um yeah <laughs> definitely well, and then you put them in a van to do wreck Hey, we all oh, we yeah. all got to do wreck. So it's like, well, where are we taking them today? Well, let's take them to this pool. Yeah, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this is insane. And then the next time, I was like, well, let's all go to a movie. And it's like, we just lost two of them. Shit, we got to run the mall to find. Them. It, it it really is important work though, because these these young people, unfortunately, um, are either and we can maybe if you want to get into some of this terminology to, so that some of our listeners understand what it is. Um, like the TGO and the PGO, mm. right? So maybe explain what that means with in regards to the, the Alberta government for these young people. Oh, for sure. So yeah, so TGO is temporary guardianship order. So it's like a kid uh, who's been taken from their guardians temporarily. Guardians have some uh, conditions to fill. And then once they fill them, then they can get their kids back potentially. Uh, permanent guardianship order, PGO, uh, is means they've been permanently taken from their parents and there's no chance of them getting back. So they'll be now in the system, probably living in a group home, Maybe if they're lucky, maybe a foster home or something like that. Um, but yeah. If they're lucky, a good foster home. Yeah, because yeah. there's definitely a lot of horror stories yeah. of uh, ones that haven't gone well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so, so that's the thing is is this uh, temporary guardianship order? These young, and, and 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 I've met young people who were like in and out of TGO, mm. right? Where it's like, okay, now the 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 family or the parents or the parent or whatever it is has now they've met these conditions they brought them back yeah. and then they get taken back again I've, yeah. I've i've worked with young people who were in the foster care they were pgo i mean i met them when they were 16 17 18 19 years old and they'd been in the foster care system since they were six months old ah uh, yeah and it's it's pretty devastating so the, the reason i'm saying this is because i think you and i were talking earlier that maybe you know i want you to speak to it as well is is the trauma that these young people go through mm-hmm. even living in group homes and the 
the amount of staff that parachute in and parachute out of their lives and they've got social workers and maybe probation officers and then they've got psychologists and then they're moving from this school to that school because now they're in a different group home. Mm-hmm. Maybe talk about that unstable and that unrest that you've seen with young people. Oh, for sure, yeah. So yeah, um, you know, a kid, yeah, can bounce around to different group homes to group homes to group homes. Um, you know, if something's not going well or, you know, they're just trying to survive, so then maybe they lash out and then now they get moved into a new group home, then a new group home, and then there's some group homes that are kind of like the last stand for them. Um, and so then, um, you know, as kids, they just want stability. They just want to have, you know, like a lot of us had the blessing to be able to have, you know, nice parents, you know, maybe two parents, even just one, as long as they're healthy, you know, uh, a lot of these kids didn't have that opportunity. So they're kind of just bouncing around to the different places and, uh, you know, trying to create relationship where they can. Um, but, you know, all these kids are just really trying to survive. So uh, it can be very chaotic for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, this, as we know, you know, kids need that stability to be able to grow and develop well and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it can be really hard for them. Mm-hmm. very hard for them i remember working with so many young people in in those places and they were just pissed off all the time man pissed off at the world and that's where i really learned i can't blame them yeah you know they didn't choose to be born into what they were born into and now put in the position that they're put into and and yet we had all these expectations on a 12 13 14 you know how old they were yeah to like come on man you you can do this. You can get your shit together. And it's like, when, but looking back, it's like, like I could barely get my shit together. And I came from a normal, nice home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause yeah, those kids are very much just, yeah. Trying to survive, trying to do what they can to feel good and, um, be able to make it in the world, organize their thoughts and get, work through the trauma that they've experienced, which is probably unbelievable, unbelievable stuff, you know, has happened to a lot of these youth or kids or whoever they may be. Um, and yeah, we very much expect them to just fall back into the regular line of normal society and be just normal kids. But that's so hard when they don't have the resources or we're taught the skills to be able to work through a lot of that stuff. Or we're loved. Yeah, you know, that's a big you, one. You talk about your parents. And the way they were with you. What's your mom and dad's name? Uh, Jerry and Mona. Jerry and Mona. Let's talk about Jerry and Mona. Jerry and Mona loved you. Very much so. And unconditionally. Yeah. These these kids, they... <laughs> I always found it baffling. I worked with young people that went through the most horrific abuses. Mm. And some of them at the hands of their, their parents. Mm. And, and, and moms. Like, that's usually not the case but yeah. but a couple extreme ones that i knew and the, these these kids just had this longing to be back with their mom yeah. and i never understood that but then when i had my own kids and you you you, you know there's this bond with children yeah it kind of i don't know everyone wants to be loved right yeah i think at the end of the day yeah uh and it makes a huge difference like yeah sure there was um things going on at home always but there was always an idea that we were loved that was something that my parents always made sure that we knew no matter what happened whether no matter what it was it was always at the end of the day you know that you're loved and uh you know we can figure things out um so i think that's a huge portion a huge thing that a lot of these kids are missing uh is that aspect of love um and especially with all these different people coming in, especially for the group homes, it can be hard for them to bond and connect with someone in that way because um, there's just so many people going through. Sorry to interrupt the Relentless podcast, everybody, although this is a very good message. We want you to go and check out our Relentless merchandise store. That's right. We have launched a merchandise store for all of our Relentless garb. We've got t-shirts 
We've got hoodies. We've got crew necks. We've got hats. We've got toques. And we're going to be coming out with some more merchandise in the very near future. So please, www.ucan.ca. That's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. When you get to the website, you look up to the top right corner. I think it says, buy our merch. Hit that button. Boom. It'll take you there. We really want you to wear our stuff. One, because every dollar raised goes directly into our programming for the young people we work with. And two, because it's a conversation starter for you. When you wear it, people are going to go, what's relentless? You can then brag about how you support an incredibly good organization helping young people. And then you can talk about how you are relentless in your life. That's what we want. We don't want us to just be relentless. We want you to be relentless too. Thanks for your support, and we appreciate you helping us out. Now, back to the show. All that being said, what you just talked about, people in and out of their lives all the time. At You Can Use Services, we're working with young people that are at a different stage of their life, yet many of our young people have experienced everything we just talked about. We do work with a lot of young people that have been in the foster care system or that have been in group homes growing up not all of them but quite a few of them mm-hmm. they come to us and actually i want you to explain it more but they, they come to us and, and they've got a lot of barriers uh we would call it barriers to success whatever that means some people call it risk factors mm. you know um what are some of those barriers and those risk factors that you're seeing with our you know and let's actually you know what we'll talk specifically you are in the the employment programs yep so we have a road to work program and we have a, a virto project which we can talk a little bit about later but let's talk about the young people that come into those programs mm. what are they coming to you can with uh, or how about even without <laughs> oh okay okay uh they're coming without um just some of that training. So like even in schools and stuff, they don't really teach a lot of those life skills, how to navigate those things. So a lot of our kids are coming without the uh, knowledge of, you know, even some of the basics of like time management, emotional mm-hmm. regulation, stuff we would have learned from maybe our parents or uh, some of the supportive people in our lives. Um, you know, some of them are coming, uh, struggling with housing. Um, you know, some are struggling with mental health or food security um, Food security is a big one too we have a lot or even clothes having you know a array of clothes that they can access or even hygiene products mm-hmm. we find there's usually a couple kids uh who have a hard time with hygiene because that stuff's expensive even as a sure. person with a job like you know so a lot sure. of that stuff that we sometimes take for granted a lot of those kids don't have uh, or have as easy access to they also come with barriers of like they're they're underemployed some of them are undereducated a lot yeah. of them are undereducated yeah um and let's talk about some of the heart the, the heart justice system yeah so a lot of our kids you know have uh experience in the justice system you know um different array of charges um you know different arrays of getting through stuff um yeah addictions um or maybe they're not addicted themselves but they've had a lot of addiction issues within their their family dynamics or their their circles right yeah um now, by the time they get to our programs, they actually have to apply to get into these programs. Nobody yep. is, nobody, these programs are not mandated by mm-hmm. anybody because mm-hmm. I am a big believer that some, like most mandated programs, for, they don't want to be there. Yeah. So they're not going to find success. But maybe walk through what it looks like for a young people when they walk through the doors that you can, then what? 
Okay. Yeah. So they apply online. Uh, they go to our website. There's a link that says apply now for our programs. They send the thing in. Uh, Natasha at the office sends a message. Uh, they come in for a meet and greet. We chat with them, figure out where they're at, what their housing looks like, what their mental health looks like, uh, you know, see what we, they got going on so we can figure out you know, how we can support them the best, make sure that they are doing the best no matter what. Uh, and even if they don't get into our programs, we still provide them with lots of resources to be able to work through whatever's going on for them. Um, they come in for our intake day, just a day of all the youth in the building, um, seeing how they interact with each other. Um, and then we pick who is going to best work with our program and who is ready to make the most change in their life and find that employment uh, and just make change for themselves. Because sometimes youth come in and they're just not quite ready. They might, you know, might need to get their housing a little bit more settled or show some more maintenance in their mental health or their addictions and stuff like that. Um, so we want to make sure that when they're getting into program, they have the best opportunity for success and we're not setting anyone up for failure, that they, this will be their best opportunity and time for their life to make some change. Mm -hmm. And I think, listen, we've been criticized in the past by a couple of people in the community saying, oh, you're only taking the good kids. Mm. And that's not what it is. What, what we're looking for is what you said earlier. I love how you said it, is that they have to be ready. Yeah. Um, change is hard. And, and implementing change in one's life is hard, especially when you don't come with all the, the well, air quotations, normal supports. Yeah. So we want these young people to actually want change in their life mm -hmm. because you can't change if you don't want it. And we, if we want it more than they want it, there's no point. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, because then we're just pushing them through. They're not actually wanting to do it for themselves. They just mm -hmm. are like, well, I think I should do this, so I might as well get into it. Or there's external factors. Sometimes it's, you've got to be in a program for funding, so then they're just here for the funding kind of thing. Or um, Also, we pay them. Yeah, and so they also get paid. So then, you know, well, I can, you know, hang out and learn some stuff and get paid, and then we'll figure out what I'm doing next. So, sure. um, and, you know, you never want to set a youth up for failure if they're not ready to deal with their stuff. Because basically, you're coming into the program and being like, well, everything I've learned now, uh, isn't necessarily wrong, but it's helped me survive until this point. Now I need to learn new skills to thrive in this new era of my life because you have to kind of forget some of the old habits, the old ways of thinking and that sort of thing. It, it is interesting to me because a lot of the young people that, that we, we have about an 80% success rate in our employment program. Some years it's, it's higher. Mm -hmm. Some years it's 76, 77%. Does it, it never goes lower than 77% mm -hmm. kind of a thing. So we, we do very well. Um, which means that some people come in and, and they unfortunately are not successful in the program. We still continue to work with them as long as possible. Yeah. But some of these young people do get through the whole intake process. We try to do our very best. Um, but, but how awesome is it to see the success? Honestly, it's beautiful. I think it's what, uh, it makes me get up in the morning. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. You know, kids show up day one, you know, they're kind of nervous. They're anxious. It's like, oh, well, what's going to happen? What am of, I doing? They got a lot of shit going on in their lives. Yeah, it's so true. And then by the end, they just seem different. You know, they can you can see the confidence in them. You can see the change. You can see how um, worthwhile they feel and the pride of being like, no, like I came in and I did this and, you know, I made it. And they're just so, you can just, just see, it's just beautiful. I It really makes me get up in the morning and really makes me love my job. What type of stuff? Uh, the one program, the virtual project is nine weeks in house and then basically 12 to 24 weeks yep. uh, out in the work world. Cause yep. we, we find them jobs. The road to work program is a bit shorter. It's five weeks in house. And I, we can explain what the, the differences are in a sec. And then we do the, the 12 to 24 out in the workforce. What type of stuff are we teaching these young people in, in that time? 
Oh, yeah. So we're Because you are a facilitator. What do you do for what us? Do I do? Oh. What do you do, Darnell? Uh, so I facilitate the programs. Actually, throughout my lifetime of UCAN, I've worked all the different roles. Uh, currently, I'm facilitating, so I teach uh, the different lessons in the uh, work or the employment program. Um, so what do we teach? Uh, all sorts of stuff from like time management, budgeting, a lot of those life skills, uh, how to create change in your life, what that looks like, self-sabotage, which is a huge, really important lesson. Uh, let's go back to that for a second. But mm -hmm. we also do conflict resolution. Conflict resolution as well. It's a big one as well. Because um, you, uh, you don't learn a lot of conflict resolution throughout your life. Um, and so learning how to deal with your differences amongst people and realizing even though we may seem different, there's a lot of similarities amongst us all. Mm. Um, so it's a very beautiful lesson uh, and very cool to go through. Um, so yeah, um, all sorts of stuff, uh, employment stuff, so like resumes, cover letters, uh, cold calling, um, interview techniques, interview stuff, how to quit properly. Right, essentially how not to be a knucklehead at work. Yeah, basically right? all the skills you should have learned in high school and all these other places and Maybe Which sounds really silly, but at the end of the day, it's true. It's very true. Um, let's talk about that self-sabotage thing mm. for a second, though, because we do deal with this quite often. Yes. What, does that, what does that mean? What does that look like for a young person? Um, oh, lots of different things. So usually we see it in youth. Uh, usually, the, you know, first couple of weeks, they're always on time. They're always there. And then, you know, as the weeks go on, they start showing up a little bit later, a little bit less. And basically, it's your brain uh, being like, wait, we're trying to make change. We're trying to do things differently. I don't know how to handle this. And then they start to kind of buckle and buckle. And so what we usually do is, you know, have a conversation with the youth. Hey, we've noticed these things about you. And we're not giving you a hard time. We just really care about you and want to make sure that you're okay and you got everything you need. Um, and that usually is a very great conversation conversation um and we see it in different ways sometimes youth you know just start showing up later uh some youth you know might fall back into addictions or maybe some old mental health uh habits that they've used to get into um but yeah and then it, that leads to the relentless piece of mm. what we do and allowing uh the youth to see that we actually care about them and you know i'm not just here for a job i actually really care about you and want to see you succeed so hit the relentless piece. What does that mean? Kid uh, doesn't show up a couple of days. What are you doing? Showing up at their door. I can think of so many times showing up at youth's houses and being like, I'm here. Let's make it happen, Literally my guy. Banging like, on the door, <laughs> knocking on windows. Yeah, ringing doorbells, leaving business cards, sending them photos, being like, hey, I was here, man. So, or just yeah. calling them from the, uh, you told me that you'd call them from the doorstep. I see you. Yeah, I know you're, you're hiding. Like, <laughs> so what happens when they answer the door? Like, are they happy? Or are they like, you know, like, what the hell are you doing here, man? Like, yeah, they're usually somewhat embarrassed because like, oh, man, like I should be doing better and I'm not. And they usually are really hard on themselves. So a lot of grace and care comes into play when interacting with them and being like, hey, like, you know, we all fall. It happens. We all do it. Mm. It just looks different for everyone. So let's pick up and let's continue on and you can do this. And yeah, it usually goes well. And I think, I think they do come to that realization of these guys keep showing up. Yeah. Maybe I should show up. Yeah. I love the, the saying that we use around UCAN sometimes. Uh, we see in a young person what they don't see in themselves until they do. And that's really being relentless, right? Like that's yeah. our job is to just keep showing up showing up and when they're not showing up we go show up and say you need to show up mm -hmm. um some pretty strong relationships are built with us within a small time frame with these young people um but then sometimes it doesn't work that is true sometimes it doesn't work and and that is tough well what's the hardest part about that for you um probably seeing the uh potential in the youth but knowing that they potentially don't see it in themselves mm -hmm. uh, knowing that you know you can see them doing well and you're like i know you can do this but they just 
uh, haven't had the encouragement enough to believe it for themselves yet. They're just not at that place. It's almost like watering a plant. You know, we're watering it with love and care and relentlessness, and we're hoping that it blooms. Uh, sometimes we don't get to see it. You know, maybe we just get to be the watering piece, and then maybe later on in life they get that encouragement to finally grow all the rest of the way. Um, but that is probably the hardest part, knowing that they can do it uh, and them just not seeing it for themselves yet. And quite often it's not working, and you can say more about this, but there's just outside factors. Very much so. Maybe their home life, a lot of kids, uh, you know, are the caregiver for their family, even though they're, they might be the youngest one in the household because their parents are dealing with trauma of different things or their mental health isn't great. So then they're the one going home, cook, taking after their little ones, cooking for the family, you know, paying all the bills and stuff like that. So sometimes... That, uh, yeah, paying all the bills on their 15 bucks an hour that we pay them. Yeah. So right. sometimes it's there's a lot going on for those kids. So to show up is uh, can be a big deal. Yeah, I... I I often look at the young people we work with and I think they're some of the most resilient people I've ever met because of the things that most of them have been through in their lives and yet they're they're still showing up. They still want some goodness in their lives, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's wild um, to see how far youth go uh, and how, uh, yeah, how resilient they are because it very much is that um, I think sometimes uh, as people, we forget how good we have it. And then, you know, we see what some people go through and it's like, well, it could be significantly worse. So, you know, my little problems or whatever aren't that bad in the grand scheme of all the things that people are going through. Um, and especially for these youth, because some of them go through some unbelievable stuff, like stuff I can't even imagine. You've never even seen in movies type stuff. Um, and they're still here doing what they can to uh, do better for themselves. Most of them are taking the bus. Some of them are literally on the bus for an hour and a half one way. Oh, yeah. For some, uh, yeah, two and a half hours I've heard I think is the longest wow. one way just to get to Because they're, li they're living like so deep south or yeah. so whatever it is, and they got to take four or five different buses to even get to us. Yeah. But they do. Every day Every and on day. time. And, yeah, they, some some of those kids are very uh, work very hard to make that change for themselves. What are some of the stuff that we provide them, even financially? Like we pay them their 15 mm, bucks an yeah. hour. That, that's all subsidized through either the federal or the, or the Alberta government, which is like awesome that mm -hmm. we get to do that. Essentially, we call it earn while you learn, yeah. which is awesome. But then there's other things we supply for the young people too, which is actually where a lot of the – I'll call it like the 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 donations that come into you can um, pay for the, some of the stuff or some of the stuff we do. Um, so trainings. So a lot of the youth uh, need trainings for work, whether it's like construction training or you know stuff for restaurants and stuff like that. Uh, we also take them out and get some interview clothes for them because mm -hmm. a lot of them you know don't have interview clothes or access to that stuff. So we take them all. How fun is that day? It is so much fun to see the youth put the clothes on. You can see the pride on their faces, and they they love that activity. Mm -hmm. um, so it is such a great one uh, for the road to work kids. We buy them a lot of work startup gear so like their boots hard hat gloves glasses um any other work stuff last week we bought a kid a tool belt because he's going to go framing um so all his tool gear uh hygiene stuff we've got a huge amount wow, of hygiene yeah. stuff um we have the counselors even that we sometimes have sometimes we're paying for uh crisis housing yes we've done that before even too we, and we um, do buy a lot of food we utilize the food bank but yep. then we also do do a lot of other food things yeah bus passes and we supply bus passes and bus tickets yeah uh the odd time we're helping pay for some daycare bills mm, yeah right that have to happen yeah. there's so much applications stuff. into school fees mm. any fees the kids have id id lots of that criminal record checks for stuff because the thing is so many of our young people don't have ids when they show up that is true and we have to go get that sort help them get that sorted out yeah cost money yeah oh absolutely money. drivers training or um uh, licenses tests yeah, learners license. tests yeah. yep it's a huge barrier 
for oh, your young yes. people not having a license because yeah. a lot of places need you to have that right but when you think about our young people you know when, when my boys were coming up learning to drive i took him in my car and I taught him how to drive. A lot of these young people don't have access to that. Yeah. So they get their learners. You have to have your learners for a year before you can take a, your t driver's license test. And they have no one to practice with or no car to practice on. Yeah. So it's it's so hard for them. Yeah, there are a lot of gaps and stuff we don't even think about. Because, yeah, something like that, you know, who, who's going to teach them to drive? You know, right. who can afford driver's training, especially right. in their area position, right? So, right. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, gaps and missing things. Um, yeah. What's your favorite part about working at You Can Use Services? Ooh. How about this? Because I, I don't want to, like, pump our tires too much, even <laughs> though we are awesome. What What's your favorite part about this? industry like this job Ooh. you know what i mean like you can throw you can if you want but what is the best part uh or the best parts the best parts for sure helping people to create change i just love seeing people like do better for themselves uh so you can is obviously a good place for that because our whole goal is to help youth make change for their lives so it's i think it's just beautiful um but yeah just helping people uh, create stuff for themselves and do better and see them, you know, give them that leg up, you know, provide them with that support that they maybe didn't have, teach them a skill that they maybe didn't have an opportunity to learn. Um, for me, that is the best part about being in the field, just helping people um, who just didn't have as good opportunities as maybe I had had or, you know, some of the other people in the world. So um, for me, that is the absolute best part. And I think you can do a good job of facilitating that. So yeah, it's a good, pretty good place to work. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, uh, what does the word relentless mean to you? Ah, just showing up, just showing up no matter what, no matter what, how you feel, no matter what's going on, just uh, continuing to always show up and be there. Um, so like relentlessness for the youth is just always showing up for them, even when they don't want to necessarily or can't for themselves, going to their house, showing up and being like, hey, we got this, we're doing this, mm -hmm. it's happening. Um, so just continuing to uh, go out and do the thing. Uh, to me is relentlessness we're really trying to teach them how to be relentless in their own lives we got to model it to them very much so you learn by example um and so by us always showing up to their house or you know helping them get whatever done uh it's showing them that yes I, you can do it with the support and then as we slowly scale back a little bit and little bit then they're like oh yeah i can actually do this you know i am able to mm -hmm. do this and then they continue it on i mean the actual goal of you can is that after we work with them for a, a period of time we don't see them again yes <laughs> because they don't need us it's not that we don't want to we care about them a lot but they're you know they're out there doing their thing yeah you know living their life um that they've they've been able to now create for themselves right. which is beautiful right um i know that in in working with you now for some years you have passion about this you are a very good youth worker and and i I think you bring this balance of fun, patience, but yet you can be very serious as well at times, mm. which which we need to have with these young people. I think you can use services, this is my opinion, is an organization that has a lot of fun, mm. but we take our work so seriously. And that is so important. And I think you kind of 
live that way do you can do you not i think so yeah that's actually a really good way of putting it because yeah there is some fun in what we do and you got to have fun to build relationship and you know life can't always be serious but then you know when it's actually time to get some stuff done like it's actually time to get some stuff done and like let's get this done so we can continue on doing whatever we're doing sort of thing mm-hmm. um and yeah i think you can does a good job of uh facilitating that because even in our lessons we teach and stuff there's a lot of fun in it but it's still like there's still a skill to learn and we still got to learn the skill but you know it doesn't have to be super boring or monotonous kind of thing. It's not a lecture. Yeah. You still want to be able to have some fun. Well, that's the thing, right? Like we're trying to build trust with these young people. Very much so. So we got to be able to, well, I use humor to build trust with most people, right? (laughs) Um, The young people that are showing up for our employment programs, not all of them, but but a lot of them, maybe most of them, employment's foreign to them. Mm. It really hasn't been an example given, or, or a good example for them. When I was growing up, my... You know, my parents were some of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And so that was my example. A lot of young people that are showing up to our employment programs don't have that. Mm-hmm. I always, like I say, it's foreign to them. So we have to really kind of teach them what that looks like. Yeah. yeah it's very true. Yeah. Because, yeah, we definitely, um, for, yeah, for a lot of them, they didn't have any real good examples uh you know growing up whether it was teachers or parents or whatever that may be you know a lot of them maybe fell through the cracks and yeah very much didn't have those good examples so by us showing up every day do being our best self you know being real with them and authentic uh, because that's super important is that being genuine with them um they see you know if they can do it maybe i can do it or you know maybe they look up to us and be like oh hey i could be like that one day i can achieve those things uh you know if i continue to work hard and you know do the things so um, I think it's important to be a good example. Yeah, I think that authenticity piece is very important. And I believe that at UCAN, we always try to be authentic. I try to be authentic. I want everybody there to be authentic. Yeah. You know, because I really believe that we can then have the young people being authentic with us. Yeah. That's where we're going to be able to help them bring change into their lives. If they're not willing to put the work in, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. It's what, it's what we said earlier, right? If we want it more than they do. They're not going to do and at the, it. And listen, let's be honest. We do want them more than they do when they first get in, <laughs> right? <laughs> but as we move along, if they're not willing to put those efforts in and, and you know, then it's just not going to work anyways. Um, we're going to wrap up here right away, but do you find that youth work, you started, what, eight years ago? Yeah, nine, actually, that's yeah, pretty about, close, actually. Yeah, eight yeah. or nine, yeah. something like that. Do you find that it's changed in that time? Ooh, I think slightly. I think the issues and stuff we're uh, encountering now is a little bit different than before. Uh, we're finding a lot more like mental health and a lot of housing. There seems to be quite a bit of housing stuff going on. Uh, and kids are just different. I think, you know, with the expansion of just how the world's going, I think people are just... Uh, raising their kids differently and just as people know the world's just a different place than it was you know 10 15 20 years ago so i think the stuff that we're encountering is a little bit different um now than it was back then there is see i think that the young people we work with have such incredible resiliency yet i find that there is less resiliency in some of the young people work with today than even eight years ago and especially 28 years ago when i started Mm. um this I'm throwing this one out here to you. We can discuss it, or you might be like, I have no idea, Kyle. Like, how do we build resiliency in the young people that we're working with now? Because they need it in the employment world. So when they come to UCAN, we've seen this, Darnell. You know how this goes. Some of them don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to say that we're all, you know, lollipops and unicorns and kumbaya. We're not always like that. Mm-hmm. I think we have a really good balance of loving a young person and booting them in the ass when they need it very much so but quite often this is the first time that they've spent 
that concentrated time in a place where everyone's that supportive and truthful and authentic and wanting them to move forward. And then they don't want to leave. Mm. And that's where that some of that self-sabotage comes into. Yes. Right. But when they go into the, I'll call it the real world. That's mm. that, that's the 50 year old cow. When they go into the real world, <laughs> um, it is different than you can. Very much so. And especially in the construction world, I hate to put that label on. And the, the construction world is getting much better, though. Mm-hmm. I know that in talking to many of these companies because they've d- realized we have to be better yeah. because a lot of these old guys are retiring and we're not getting enough young people in here to work. But how do we build that resiliency? You know, like, what do we do? I think reminding the youth where they've come from and being like, hey, like, you've survived your life and you've done all these things up until now. Uh, and you've been able to do it very effectively. You've survived. You've made it. You are here creating change for yourself. So now just reminding them, you can do this. Like, sure, we're here to support you and everything. And, yeah, it's nice to have that supportive person. But, like, it's almost like the bird in the nest. You know, you've brought them up and then now it's time to fly. So it's like, no, you've actually got this and go off and fly. You've mm. 100% got this. So I think just reminding them that they've 100% uh, they've got this. They mm. don't need us. Uh, we're there to help. We're there to support just in case. But, like. You've built these skills for yourself. We're you going to do this. We're going to be taking some cognitive behavior theory stuff, like training in 2024 through ROCA Ooh, down okay. in Massachusetts. One of the things that they do, which I think we're starting to do a little bit at UCAN, I know with the, the Relentless program, hmm. um, which we'll have somebody on later in the year talking specifically about our outreach program, is that you almost do want to, ah, what's the best way to say You want to push a few buttons on these young people, hmm. get them a little riled up get them going because we'd rather them uh swearing uh, a little warning for swearing we want them to tell us to fuck off yeah before they're telling their their new boss to fuck off yeah um we need to do that a bit more Mm. because we have that relationship with them we can then help them work through it and we're we're doing it because we care about them and to me that's a little bit of a resiliency piece too Mm mm-hmm because then they learn uh, how to do it properly and healthily and it's, you know, towards us. So then it's not a big deal. We can talk about it. We can debrief and be like, hey, you know, what happened for you? How did it feel? You know, how did it go? And, you know, how can you navigate this better next time sort of thing? And then right. they can be like, oh, yeah, I've, I can do this. I've practiced this now. The fight or flight or freeze. Right? And I mean, yeah. we'd rather them fight or flight on us before they go into the work world and do it. hundred percent. I, I want to start incorporating that more. But and again, we're not like... I'm being mean to this to the youth. Like, bro, that sounds so mean. Eh? It's like we're gonna be really Just mean. Piss to them, them off, and, yeah, and then you know, see how they react. I think it's okay though to call young people out on their shit. Absolutely, that's being authentic. Yep, and that know? keeps them accountable. They need to be held accountable. People in the world in general just need to be held accountable because mm. you get out in the real world and. If your example on your phone at work, you're gonna get fired. Mm-hmm. If you're fooling around doing what you're not supposed to be, there's consequences for your actions. So Absolutely. doing it in a safe space allows them to practice it, get used to it, and then when they're in the real world, they're like, "No, I've, I'm good. I've practiced this." The Relentless Podcast is brought to you by You Can Use Services, which I am very proud to be a part of. You Can Use Services is an organization that helps young people move out of harm's way and onto a path of economic independence. If you want to learn more about the incredible work that we do with some very vulnerable young people, please go to www.youcan.ca. That's www.youcan.ca. Darnell Whitaker, you are a good man. You've used the word beautiful a few times within this podcast, which I think is uh, describes you as a human. Well, thank you. Thank you. Jerry and Mona. As I like to call them Jerry Bear. <laughs> and Mona. 
I've never met your parents. I shouldn't say that. Uh, you've done a well. You've done a well. You've done a good job with this young man, and I appreciate both of you for doing that. Um, we are now gonna do the relentless quiz. Oof. You've heard of this, I think, because you've let, let, this is very popular. All right, I think yeah. I'm. I think I'm ready. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> uh, when we were talking right before we were recording, I said, "Have you listened to any of the podcasts?" And Darnell goes, "Oh yeah." And then I said, oh, so you've heard the Relentless Quiz? He goes, no. <laughs> I go, it's at the end of every podcast, Darnell. And you're like, well, I don't listen to the end. So whatever, Darnell. <laughs> whatever. Uh, here we go. This was, we put a ton of money into this. Okay. okay. A ton of money. Okay. Um, scientifically done. Darnell Whitaker. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits for sure. Vegetables are nasty. <laughs> Very strong take. It's a very strong take. Uh, city or countryside? Ooh, country. It's peaceful. Dirty bathroom or dirty kitchen? Bathroom. Kitchen's where I eat. Okay. <laughs> salty or sweet? Ooh, salty for sure. Amazing. You went fruits, then you went salty. Yeah. It's not, it's not uncommon. Yeah. It happens often with this quiz. Morning or night? Night for sure. Night. Night. Your night owl. Yep. Favorite comedy movie of all time. Step Brothers, hands down. That movie's hilarious. <laughs> that was an easy question. <laughs> that movie is hilarious. Big party or small gathering? Ooh, big party. Like okay. chaos and all that. Man. All right. Phone in the bathroom or no phone in the bathroom? Phone in the bathroom for sure. Thank you for being honest. That's where all the memes come from. Yeah. Some people are not <laughs> honest about it. I appreciate you being honest. Uh, Darnell Whitaker. Favorite love song of all time? Ooh, favorite love song. Nice. Yeah, I knew this question was coming. I probably should have been more prepped for it because yeah. yeah, I have no idea what my favorite love song is. Oh, goodness. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Like nothing. I have nothing. Come I'm so on. bad with song names. I know the beats to them, but I can never remember a song name for the life of me. Well, maybe sing one that you know. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's only happened once where the dude started singing. It was awesome. Okay, we'll let, we'll let that one go. Um, what's your partner? Your partner's name is Katrina. Katrina. Yep. She's so disappointed right now. Oh. I want you to know that. Yeah, like, yeah she, She'll be listening to this. Yeah. And she's going to be very disappointed. Sorry, Katrina. So sorry. Her voice is my favorite love song. <laughs> nice. Nice recovery. Cake or pie? Uh, cake. For sure, cake. Okay. Black Forest, for sure, all the oh, way. Oh, look out. Last question. Describe your relentless podcast experience in four words. Absolutely gangbusters experience, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> gangbusters. Darnell Whitaker, you're an awesome guy. I appreciate you so much. Uh, if you want to see what Darnell looks like, if you're just listening, go to our website, youcan.ca. That's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. His bio is on there. For all things You Can Use Services, um, please check out our website. If you are interested in supporting us uh, in any way, uh, with with uh, maybe a little bit of time, maybe a little bit of uh, finances. We would love for you to, to donate to us. We're always looking for monthly donors. We're looking for people to support the very serious work that we do. Darnell, I appreciate so much you coming on here. I appreciate you wearing your relentless stuff. And uh, you're a good dude. Uh, I, 
I'm very proud of the people that work for UKNU Services, and and of course you're you're part of that. And uh, I'm honored to work alongside you, man. So awesome! Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. All right, folks. Until next time. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.